coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. Relationships are everything. You know, if we, if we look at our client list, it's, it's not super deep because we've had um, extraordinary relationships at, at all levels. And we've got clients that we're, I'm currently on, in their fourth or fifth company. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Hive Life Podcast. I'm Jared Latch alongside Tim Bear as we welcome our guest for this installment, Jamie Boyder of The Bolt Group. He is a principal and chief operating officer. And Jamie, it's great to see you. Jared, thank you. It's great to be here. So we know where you are today in terms of your professional life, and it's hard to determine that early on, as we know, when people are trying to figure out uh, what direction they want to go. I know you initially wanted to be an architect. How did, what changed your mind early on? Oh, gosh. Wow. Um, my mentor uh, in college, college professor, I took my first graphic design course and uh, uh, fell in love with the idea of communicating visually and verbally. And at that point, it was, it was pretty easy for me to say, okay, I'm going to be a graphic designer. And, uh, and my professor, uh, Tom McPeak, he was like, no, not if you stay here, you're not. And uh, <laughs> so we went through about a year of that back and forth. And he finally convinced me to transfer to design school when he said he was retiring. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that was it. But he had, he had been an art director for one of the largest uh, CBS affiliates in Kansas, Kansas City. And he had a copy of the CBS brand standards from the 60s, you know, yeah. sometime. And when, when he showed that to me, it was like, okay, that's what I want to do. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Um, so when you talk about the Bolt Group and working in brand experience, in the simplest terms, how do you describe what you guys do? Oh, yeah, well, we're a design innovation firm, plain and simple. You know, we're kind of uniquely focused on terms of implementing kind of turnkey strategy through to implementation in four areas, brand, product design, digital, UI, UX, and experience uh, service design. Yeah, so we've, we've been a we've, we're, we're design firm. And across the board, in terms of your, your partners or clients, does it vary, or do you guys play more in one industry opposed to others? We've had, we've had moments where we've had focus, where we've had vertical focus. Um, from time to time, you get one client, you get another client, you get another client. But we've had a lot of work in working for manufacturers of durable products that sell in home centers, that sort of thing. You know, we, we had a relationship with Lowe's years ago, uh, we actually we created the Cobalt Tool brand, um, created that initial line of tools, the visual brand language for that, rolled that out, and then, you know, we worked with Ryobi and other tool companies, outdoor power equipment. So it kind of, kind of leads to that. But we've also done you flip it over and we've done retail fashion, you know, men's fashion. PVH Phyllis Van Heusen was a client of ours still is technically uh, for probably 25 years. And so we worked on various brands inside their portfolio, Izod being one that we did a lot of work with. Everything from 
store design, fixture, communications, all the way out to getting involved with them and helping them get into IndyCar racing. <laughs> so You never know where it's, where it's going to lead at that point. But, you know, Cobalt and Ryobi, those are two power tools I have in my garage that I, that I use every <laughs> week. So that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, we've had the chance to have beers a couple of times. You're really good at telling stories. Is there one of these projects from all of these different types of companies you've worked with that jumps out to you that, you know, you really love sharing that story? Oh, wow. There, there are quite a few. And uh, over the past 30-something years now, really, I would say some of the work that we, some of the fun work that we did were uh, a lot of photo shoots and that sort of thing that we did with PVH, where we would be kind of off exotic places you know, and, and just, you know, working really hard all day long, shooting uh, big hours, big days, and, and, you know, and then and then crashing at night. But I guess um, just bringing a brand like Cobalt to life is probably one of the most fun experiences that any designer can have, is to start with a white sheet of paper and uh, and have them say, let's go do the research and find out whether or not this hypothesis can even be proven. And then to look into the market and say, yeah, we can create this and there's a market for it. There's a gap and here's what we need to do. And then, and then from there, create it all the way to the point of having it merchandised and then having it launched and then sit back and, you know, 20-something years later, it's a multi-billion dollar brand. When you work with people for 20 plus years, it's really relationships that have to drive that. I mean, how important is that to your business continuing to, you know, churn like you guys have been? Uh, relationships are everything. You know, if we if we look at our client list, it's it's not super deep because we've had um, extraordinary relationships at at all levels, and we've got clients that we're I'm currently on in their fourth or fifth company, and we started working with them when they were a marketing manager, a mid level marketing manager, and now they're CMO or CEO of a of a corporation somewhere else but we they brought us back every time they would move and they would analyze what was going on or what wasn't going on inside their organization and pick up the phone and say Jamie I need your help now I know you guys are headquartered here in Charlotte started here in Charlotte yeah. correct yes but most of your clients are not in Charlotte or a big portion of them are not how did that happen and how did you diversify your client portfolio in that way well, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, kind of what we do. So if you think about product innovation as a design firm, uh, brand experience work that we did, both B2B and B2C, we began to build a reputation pretty early on. And so we were being called in from different places. But again, it's that migration of the marketing manager that begins to move up. They move across to the West Coast. And then all of a sudden they give you a call and say, you guys want to do uh, some work over here, or they're in Toronto now, so now we're working internationally. And so uh, that's how a lot of it did, uh, sort of developed. And also where those companies were. You know, we got, in, we got involved with PBH, really, again, through a relationship. I had developed a relationship with um, Mike Kelly, who is now the CMO for Heritage Brands at PBH. Mike had come down to Charlotte, literally, to do a kind of a, a set, try to save pick and pay and sort of, they were in chapter 11 and he came to town and the first thing he asked them was, I need a design firm, do you guys know anybody? And uh, they said, well, why don't you call these guys 
um, uh, over Bolt Group. And so we had a meeting, I had a meeting with Mike the next day, started at about 11.30 in the morning. We finished up at Frankie's. Um, <laughs> no the, longer exists, when right? they when they <laughs> when they closed when they closed and knocked us out and we had a stack of uh napkins where we'd been drawing all day and wow. so we just that started the relationship uh once his work was finished um uh, here in charlotte uh, he immediately went to work at uh, at pvh and he was there maybe a week and he called me and and i was in new york and that was that started a 20 something year relationship now frankie's you mentioned that that was the first official <laughs> date spot for me and my wife yeah it was frankie's and then they had a kitchen fire right oh yeah it's like a classic italian scene took the a, kitchen fire insurance claims it was a fa <laughs> it was favorite spot for my father-in-law and my wife to go on, of all places on christmas eve um, when they would go out and do their last minute shopping, Joe would say, let's go to Frankie's. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. But with Mike, um, I mean, that, that developed into, you know, we, we went from having just PVH to then pretty soon having a stable of nine or 10, um, retail fashion clients. And it led to us opening an office in New York, which we had for about seven and a half years. And I commuted back and forth. And then we put a team up there, creative director, account team, and a couple of designers. Wow. How has the pandemic affected you guys? Well, knock on wood, we, we've gotten through pretty good. It's been a little bit of a, I'd say we, we went into it really, really well. We were positioned well. We had a, we had a, a, a heavy on our workload when we, when we first went in. And so we shut the doors on the office for the most part very early in August and we're just now having folks kind of come back in uh, on a fairly regular basis we kept the shop open we've got a couple of 3d printers and and so industrial designers or our um, uh, ME's would be in there working on prototypes or something like that but usually it was just one or two in the office but very, we're very fortunate that we uh, we made it through the summer we had a, we had several clients who didn't go away but they they kind of they kind of pulled over to the curb mm -hmm. and, and parked and said, you know, we're with you and let us know and we're going to hang in there. And, and, you know, and their business fortunately kept going, kept percolating. And so we're seeing that come back right now. We're, we're picking up uh, where some of those clients have called us back and said, okay, we're, we've got, uh, we've got some work here at the fourth quarter. We need to try and crash on and, and, and get ready for uh, 2021. So, so we're looking, we're looking pretty good for next year. And you mentioned as we sat down as if we needed extra wrinkles in the year <laughs> is that the building you've been in for 25 years, you've only got so much time to stay there because oh, yeah. it's been sold. But besides that is the design elements now that you, in the planning that you're thinking about, which is, is quite interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the fun part. It's a double-edged sword. You know, we've been in, um, you know, we, we've, we've been in our space for 24, almost 24 years. And so it's all going to be new. And, with our design team working from home, you know, we figured it out pretty quickly, you know, that we could, we could, we could work from home, we could innovate, we could have um, brainstorm sessions, brainwriting sessions, you know, we've, Zoom has become our best friend now, we've got, we've got some interactive um, whiteboard work that we're doing, so now we can work with our clients that way, and we can actually do an innovation session virtually and it's gotten pretty good and so in consideration of that in our next space do we need as much as we did 
And I know a lot of folks are thinking about that. Sure. You know, there, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of space uptown that's probably going to be a while before it gets filled. Um, and so, yeah, we're thinking about it hard. You know, where's our focus areas? Where's our collab? You know, where's our common space? Where's our shop? And does it have to be what it has to be? Right. And have you gotten a sense from your team members? Is there a yearning to come back or are they comfortable where they are? Both. Yeah. Yeah, both. I think, you know, it, we, we've talked about it. Every Friday we have a happy hour. We have a virtual happy hour and one week we'll do our project list across the board. So everybody kind of knows what's going on. It's not kind of in that particular project. And then we'll have a staff meeting the next week. But we always end with kind of a, a good 45 minutes, an hour, happy hour that we just kick it back and make sure everybody's doing okay and what their plans are for the weekend, that kind of thing. But uh, in conversations, you know, uh, we've sort of figured out that there's a high likelihood that uh, one or two days a week that I can fully expect that some folks aren't just aren't going to be there, which is okay. You know, they're professionals. That we, we hire them to be professionals. They, they know how to get their work done, and they know what the deadlines are, and they know when to ask for help. So from that perspective, we've learned a lot. Does you know, that – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, no. you, but does that – open the, the base for talent? I mean, because then the fact that they don't have to physically be in the office anymore, can you hire somebody in Seattle and, and can they now be working for the bulk group? Well, potentially. And we, we've done that in the past. You know, we've, we've always had, as principals, we tried to design our business in a, in a flexible way where we had our core talent in always had our core talent in-house. Um, but then we tried to surround ourselves with really good strategic partners like you guys, for instance, where at any given moment we could flex up, you know, 30% if we needed to. And the way we've done it in the past is, you know, we've, we've had folks that were on the West Coast or we've had uh, one, of, one of my designers um, from several years ago, Mandy Smith, um, Mandy and her husband, Mike, they moved to Austin because they just wanted that Austin scene and they were ready to do uh, something different. She ended up at Razorfish and then she went kind of went out on her own as well. Well, she was part of our culture and it was already baked in. So we continued to work with Mandy and it was like she was next door. <laughs> you know, so it, it so we've we've been really, really fortunate that we've had that situation a few times with uh, with folks that have had family changes, growing their family. You know, they need to take a step back and and so we've been able to be real flexible with that. But Tim, to your point, it sure opens up opportunities for down the road. And, and we've always worked with uh, other resources, photographers and that sort of thing that might be in Florida, they might be in Hawaii, you know, New York for sure. Yep. Now what you embrace is the collision of business, brand, and design. How do you make sure those three mm. elements are aligned? Because they're all significant, but they, they have to have a synergy between them. Yeah, well, we, we, we feel, we believe strongly in building a brand ecosystem. And that's really about communicating the brand from the inside out. The importance, starting with purpose and understanding the purpose of the brand. Why does it exist? And then as we begin to build out that strategy, really looking at the business goals and how do we align the business goals with the brand strategy that's agile enough to create that trajectory. Once the trajectory is started and you begin to move along that path of designing these experiences, these customer experiences, if you will, internally as well as externally, 
you can create that culture. You can basically design that culture that you start to create behavior. And that behavior influences uh, the brand and the brand drives the business. You know, so instead of, we, we look at it, you've got in-facing communication and out-facing communication. We believe it ought to be the same. You know, how you do it, your tone, the manner, the voice, everything, so that you get that culture right internally then the communication you're having externally becomes intelligent conversation with your consumer as opposed to you're trying to sell them something. And it's authentic. It's totally authentic. Right. And we, we, we talk a lot about, uh, I, I pick up acronyms probably too much, but <laughs> we, we've got, you know, trust, transparency, authenticity, uh, simplicity, and clarity. You know, and if you, if you kind of bake those in along the way, and follow the task, you know, then you're going to, then that's what you're, you're going to get that at the end. So you guys have an internal video series. We obviously love to talk video here. Um, it's called Innovations That Matter. What do you guys focus on with that? Well, that was born out of COVID. Uh, very simply, you know, we were seeing in the very, in the early days, we actually had a few people call us, you know, being a, um, a, a product design uh, firm as well as a, a brand firm. We had folks call us up and said, I'm thinking about this. Has anybody ever done this? Well, let's let's do our research and find out and see where we could help. And at the same time, our designers are designers. So they're sitting back watching TV every night or doing whatever or not walking down the street because <laughs> they're you know, sequestered, and they're going, if I only had this. Well, as we began to look on the internet, we were seeing innovation that mattered happen just overnight, you know, and things like um, uh, the the young kid that created the piece um, for uh, the masks that, you know, to give you greater comfort, you know, and, and, you know, it's brilliant. And he, you know, he created it on a 3D printer. And so, we began to think about, okay, from our perspective as designers and engineers and, and um, uh, strategists, how do we look at it from, how can, can, we, can we look at it objectively and impart our sense of, of how we think this might work? So we, we, we gauge things on innovation, scale, ability to scale, those kinds of things. And we've, it's, it's, pretty, it's been a lot of fun, number one, to do it, but we've gotten great feedback uh, from some of the folks that we featured. Is, is it that innovation that you're exposed to and I guess the new opportunities that you find with these clients that keep you going from a business perspective and, and fuel your energy and excitement? Totally, you know, w without question. You know, we, we joke around a lot and it's like, it's never the same two days in a row um, at Bolt Group. And it's not, you know, uh, while even when we're in a program, like we just, we just started a, a, a brand program a couple of days ago, and we're, you know, doing it remotely. And, and so we're in the research and, and strategy development part right now. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. And we're, we're back into a market that we had not been in for a, a year or so. So, we're learning new things, you know, and things are kind of coming by, but we've learned new things along the way. And so how are we applying that? The, th the thing I always talk about the designers about is never forget, yes, you're a designer, you're a strategist, but you're also a consumer. 
So think about it from the consumer's perspective and what drives our business is empathy. You know, really trying to understand, um, you know, um, R.S. Worman, who was known as uh, the father of information architecture. Um, he's out of Philadelphia. He, he used to, he wrote all these books of, for cities. And he has, a, he has a quote that says to communicate, you must first understand what it's like not to understand. And that's empathy. That's really putting yourself in your consumer or your customer shoes, getting to their place so that you can gain the insights needed and then be able to innovate from there. Look at how it's framed up and reframe it. It's the only way to effectively message if you look at it that way because it, it has to be received. That's right. That's the only way to do that. And again, that's where authenticity um, sort of bleeds through. It, you know, when you're when you're talking about truth and transparency and authenticity, that's where it comes from. Very cool. All right, so this is the fun part of the the interview. We uh -oh. go to a little bit well, of rapid have all, fire. Should have all, all been fun though. I know this, this is point. when it gets really fun though. <laughs> <laughs> so we just throw out some quick questions, asking easy stuff, but just want to get a little bit more about you and you as a person too. Oh, so sure. Okay. First one is what motivates you? Ooh, uh, my family. Um, for sure. Um, yep. And also um, my staff. They drive me. Yeah. So hobby or fun fact that others wouldn't know about you? Ooh, hobby or fun fact. Let's see. Um, hobby, maybe. Um, in, in, my, in my garage right now, because we, we moved them, um, I probably have 75, 80... 12-inch G.I. Joes. <laughs> I like that. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. something I didn't yeah. think I'd hear during I'm, the course of this podcast. Right, exactly. I mean, it, that makes know, me smile. I was a child I was a child of the 60s and uh, the late 60s and and it was that was my hero when I was a kid was this 12-inch action figure and you know and, the, and they they kind of had a resurgent a few years ago and um and I I kind of you know, was fortunate. I was kind of in on it, and it was able to collect a few. Are they all still in the boxes, original packaging? I do have most of the boxes in packaging. Um, uh, I've only got a one or two originals. A lot of them are reproductions and that sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, I've got we've got we've got we had them on display, and then we've got boxes and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. What's something you've discovered about yourself during the pandemic that you weren't aware of before? Um, working from home is a little harder for me, um, because, uh, I've, I've got, I've got two college age sons that are, uh, at school at, from home and, um, uh, my wife's at home and, um, there's, it can be, a, it can be a little bit of a distraction. Um, you know, there's the, there's the honeydew list, uh, that, you know, you, know, you want to do, uh, but, but then just being at home and being with family, it's like, oh, wait, I need to, I need to get in the car, go to Starbucks, you know, come in a different door and go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so what type of music is the go-to on your playlist? Ooh, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, um, if you look at my playlist, um, I am my own enigma. I, I, I love music and at the heart of me, and I think that that's, that's, that's one of the reasons that I'm, um, I guess we do what we do. Uh, music is so much about the human condition. And so right this minute, 
um, Catherine turned me on to um, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's just he's just doing it for me right now. Uh, Wu Tang Clang is is still there, <laughs> you know, and you know think about the dichotomy of that, and then stuck in the middle is um, you know Long Love It and Darius Rucker and but uh, Natalie Merchant, you know, they're all there. I mean, even Diana Krall. Hey, no, I appreciate the cross-genre music. I'm, I'm the same wow. way. I know I get Tim into play some classic rock in there sometime, move to country. I mean, it's all over the all over the map. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stones, it's it's all there. Jamie, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming in and have really enjoyed the conversation. Guys, it's been a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate what you guys are doing for the community, the design community, um, creative uh, community. Keep it up. And uh I uh, really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, a reminder for those listening, you can check out the team at Bolt Group by heading to boltgroup.com. And you can find out more about us, Spiracle Media, by visiting spiraclebuzz.com. There you can find a number of things, including our resources tab, which leads you to more episodes of the Hive Life podcast, as well as other helpful information. For Jamie Boyder and Tim Baer, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks so much for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to the Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit SpiracleBuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.